Good evening, everyone. It's great to see you tonight. You know, I've, today I had an opportunity to see the greatest definition of kindness ever in my life. I've never seen kindness described as something like this. Let's look at the definition together. Kindness is loaning someone your strength instead of reminding them of your weakness. I thought, I don't know why that this just caught me when I saw it and just personally spoke to me. I, I want to talk about kindness as we've been doing about throughout the whole year, and I guess we'll only have like one more or two, two more times to talk about it. But I want to talk about kindness from a different perspective tonight. And the reason why I'm talking about it from a different perspective is maybe I have a different perspective or where I'm standing on this little blue ball at this point in my life is maybe having me look at something a little bit different. But I want to talk about kindness from the point of the view of weakness and strength. I want to take you through like five different things, and it'll be real quick, but I want to take you through the challenge, the reaction, the expectation, the outcome, and the kindness overflow. I want to challenge two falsehoods that you may be sitting here with today that, that I believe have been overturned in my own personal life. Um, and one of them is this. A lot of times we don't think we have anything to give anyone because we are too weak or we are not in a position of advantage in the situation. So we don't think we have any kindness to give. That is not true. Also, I want to overturn the other idea that sometimes that we think we, what we have is not special enough, not enough wow factor, not good enough because it doesn't change the whole situation. Have you ever kind of held back from doing something for somebody good, doing a good thing for them, because you couldn't deliver the whole package for them, you couldn't do the whole fix, or their disadvantage was so great that you felt that what you had to offer was almost an insult to them because of their disadvantage. And today God wants you to know that that is not true. The last month and a half have, have been challenging for me. Now it's, it's nothing compared to what a lot of you have been walking through, but it, it is mine, it is my journey, and in that journey I've, I've experienced a lot of things that I haven't experienced before. And um, it has to do with an injury with my back, it's not gonna take my life, it's just, but it's real challenging. One of the things that I deal with is physical pain. You know, trying to make sure I can sit in the right position, lay in the right position, go to sleep, take whatever medications that are necessary. This injury has cost um, a major loss of what I love. And I'm not gonna argue with whether or not I should love those things or not, but it has chopped into the things that I love. You know, it's chopped into ownership of things. It's chopped into habits of running and athletics and all the different sports things that I, that I have loved. And, and in just one month, I've basically lost all those things. It has, it has, over the last month and a half, shoved me into the deepest depression I have ever experienced in my life. Uh, so much so, I didn't know depression could feel that way. And, and, I, and I know so many people here are like, oh my gosh, is this guy, should he be on meds? Um, oh my gosh, pastors aren't supposed to have depression? 
Um, but I just, let's just, this is, let's step into it for real because I want to talk about kindness from the position of weakness as well as from the position of strength. Um, that, that, that depression was almost utterly debilitating between the pain and the, the loss and then the perspective of what my life was going to be and how I wouldn't be the same person. And, and number four is, in the last month, it has been a real change of life. It has, it's the biggest, most significant change mentally, spiritually, and physically I've ever encountered in my whole life. I have never experienced all of these things this intensely, let alone at the same time. But maybe I'm discovering something I didn't know before. Maybe they always travel together. Maybe whenever we experience pain, loss, we experience depression and a change of life. So it started to make me look for um, something interesting. And it made me look for the most transforming element that I, I had to find in the middle of this. And, and you know, I'm, I'm telling you, it's literally been the worst month and a half of my life, even though I have had this beautiful, wonderful grandbaby born, which is as radiant and beautiful as, as the sun. And, you know, so, but it really, so it, it made me look for something that would be transforming in this situation. I felt boxed in, I felt no immediate solution. Without a miracle, the diagnosis was going to remain the same for the next 20 to 25 years of my life. And though I pray every day for a miracle in my life, that seems to not be what I pursue the most. It's really interesting. Um, what I have looked for more than anything else is for people who live with weakness who live with weakness, with purpose and joy. It's really interesting. It's like, I, I, I'm not looking for somebody who, hey, did you get healed of that? And I, I want to hang around with the person who, who had the good surgery and that got better. I want, I want to hang around with the person who got the right meds and it got better. I want to pray the right prayers that that got prayed and be at the right church, be with the right pastor, the, the right move of the Holy Spirit, that God will fix me. You know, that's what I normally thought I would go for. It's what I've gone for all my life, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing to go for, and I would probably take an answer on all those levels. But it's not what God led me, for, led me to. He's, he's led me to look around to see, is it possible to be weak and to still have purpose and to still have joy? Is that possible? I wanted to find people who had found the secret of living with meaning and purpose without the perspective of circumstantial change. See, I think this is where most of us end up. You know, there's like a you know, miracle bucket, miracle bucket, miracle bucket. And then there's this other vast, huge amount of humanity that doesn't experience circumstantial change. They live with back issues all their lives. They live with depression all their lives. They live with the, the haunting of victimization all their lives. They live less than the standard of what perfect and good looks like. Did I find some people in the room that fit into that category? 
And we all want to be in that group where, but is it possible that God can be a miracle worker in weakness? The song that we sang, I sang it just as much as you sang it. But what were we looking for in the miracle of God? To take us out of our disadvantage, to take us out of our problem, and to restore us toward normality, whatever that is. It is possible that tonight maybe God is wanting us to discover a power of him in a place where we, that we have despised for so often. So I looked and I think I found somebody who, who lived with purpose and meaning in his life in weakness. Paul discovered, and I want to be very clear, that Paul discovered and not invented, not willpowered, a source of comfort and strength and purpose through kindness in the middle of weakness. Paul discovered, he didn't invent it. He, he didn't will himself to a better place. But he found a sense of comfort. He found a sense of joy and purpose through kindness in the middle of the weakness. So I want to talk about the challenge because we all have them. We've got to be honest about it. We all have a challenge. I have a, I have a back challenge. You know, it may be nothing compared to yours, but it is a challenge, and it's a challenge for me. You, you have a challenge. And we would love to have a Christianity or a view of life where there are no challenges. Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, it gets advertised in a lot of different places, but Jesus said in John 16, I have said to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you have, will have tribulation. You're going to have this. But he says, take heart, I have overcome the world. He said that you might be a part of the group of people, most of the people on this planet, that experience hard things taking place in your life. He says, just take heart. Resist the urge to label yourself as defective or other than. That you see all the successful people, you see all the people who are doing well, We're all cave dwellers. Some of us just have better materials hung on the wall than the others. I mean, we're we're all dealing with dysfunction and challenges in our life. And Jesus says, all of us in this world are going to have tribulations. So the reason why I'm telling you this is that we need to equip ourselves to discover strength and weakness. Or otherwise, we will be overwhelmed with the depression of broken beyond repair. I think for me, the real source of depression was I was shocked that it happened to me. That I thought that maybe I was inoculated in some sort of way. Maybe my pastoral liberties, that God wanted me to be, you know, 60 and strong and, you know, vibrant and all this other stuff and mountain biking and that somehow I served the kingdom of God by being a mountain biker and a runner and doing all those things. And I kind of felt, well, you know, I tithed all my life. Probably I've bought myself some sort of nice fuzzy little place in humanity where John 16, doesn't apply to me. You know, where boys won't break up with you, where girls won't break up with you, where all your dates work out just right and all your career choices are perfect, that we kind of wanted a Christian miracle Jesus that makes it so that John 6, 30, 16, gets removed out of your Bible 
This one doesn't pertain to you, so don't be shocked when you have tribulation. Jesus is like, no, I said a lot of things to you, and I want you to know in this world, there are going to be some really tough situations that you're going to find yourself in. But here's the key. Take heart. Take heart. I have overcome the world. It's like that's the part where the win and the loss occur. It's the finding of the taking heart. What is that all about? We think certain things are disqualifiers for our, in our lives. And I know a lot of you, and I've grown close to, to many of you, and we think that there are things in us that make us different than everybody else or less than, but, but let me just tell you, it's a lie. We all have weaknesses. Some of us are just better at hiding them, maybe. Uh, I'm not saying that we're deceptive. Um, it's just kind of hard to admit them, or maybe we're just afraid that other people will find about it. And then some of us, don't even realize that we have them yet, but life will come along and reveal it to us. So there's the challenge that every one of us will have, that I have had. But then there's the reaction. This is a key point in every one of our lives. It's that thin fabric of remaining choice. When you don't have anything else, when everything else seems, to, you know, that you said, well, I still got, I still can run, well, I can still fish, well, I can still do this. And then things start getting ping, 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 ping. And they get taken from you. It's like, okay, what is the last, what do I got for crying out loud? Well, I mean, I, what is left? And that's, that's the really key point because that's that thin fabric of remaining of choice. It's, it's what you do with what you've got. In Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7, Paul says this, in the middle of his time of struggle and weakness, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I have to say this to you twice because your perspective in the moment is difficult. He said, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Now, I know that just sounds like rhetoric, and I could probably say I would agree with you it sounded like rhetoric, but in the last couple days, last couple weeks, I, the only activity I've been able to do, and, I, and my circumstance could, could change in, in a wonderful way uh, in a day if the Lord uh, ordained it such, but the only thing I discovered I could do is I could get up in the morning and I could go for this a 0.85 mile walk around my neighborhood. It's the only thing that didn't hurt my back. And I was just struck with grief, thinking about I need to resign as pastor of this church. I, I I'm probably should file for disability. I'm, I'm done. I mean, I had that level of if I can't do these five things, what's the purpose of my life? The depression. I have nothing to give you. If, I'd, I, if I can't give you a vibrantly strong 60-year-old man. So the, so the Lord just said, listen, your reaction point right here is, is so important. This, in this thin fabric of choice, you've got, you've got to, and well, what's my choice, God? It's like, do be anxious for nothing, but in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request known, be known unto God. That's, that's my play here? That's my one play? It's thanksgiving. It's so counterintuitive. And I'm like, so what am I, I mean, I'm angry at God. You know, it's like, come on. Um, so I started these walks. 
And so you, you know what my first thing of thanksgiving was to God? And I know it could have come up with something a little bit more clever, but I, I remember setting out from my house, walking and walking through my neighborhood, and the color blue in the sky. And I remember looking up, and I'm like, man, that's a blue sky. And it was popping through the trees, and it was popping through the green, and, and I'm like, God, thank you for the color blue. And I know that may sound ridiculous to you, but you know, if the light doesn't cut through the atmosphere, and if the blue spectrum doesn't disperse, do you, we will just see black in the sky. Can you imagine how depressing it would be to walk out in the morning with the birds chirping and all you see is black in the sky? But God allowed light to come into the atmosphere, hit some of that hydrogen that's up there, and then begin to scatter some things. And I'm, I'm walking and I'm like, you know, you didn't owe me blue, but you picked blue. And, and for a whole day, I'm walking and I'm like, God, my back's not any better, I'm in pain, I just, I, but I thank you for the color blue, and I thank you for the color green, I thank you for the road, I thank you for the grass, and, but here's the thing, in the middle of that moment, all of a sudden something, it was like this bucket inside of me started to fill up with something. You know, was, was, did I all of a sudden feel my back and say, I'm healed? No, no, it was just, there was a sense of a buildup of something inside of me from God. There was this sense of peace that began to come over my life, this sense of, and so every morning I would get up, and, and I'm not a prayer guy. I know, again, if you're visiting here, you're like, what kind of church is this? The guy deals with depression, and he doesn't like to pray. Uh, I'm just, it's who I am. I mean, and it's not a, necessarily a good thing. But now, every single day in the morning, my wife will tell you, we'll have our cup of coffee together. She goes up to get ready, and I go off for my .85 walk around the neighborhood, and I, I start the first three quarters of the walk, which is thanksgiving for everything that I see, everything in my life and what God has done in my life. And that began to develop an expectation. The promise of strength and weakness. Listen to what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8. He says, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it would leave me. And we could speculate all day what it was, but all we know, it was hard. If an apostle is begging God three times to take it away from him. Have you ever been there? Have you at least asked God three times to take depression away from you? If you've really had depression, you've prayed about it. I know you have. You know, um, if you've ever had pain in your life or loneliness in your life, rejection in your life, Paul prayed that God would three times that he would take this away from him. But the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for power is made perfect in weakness. The one thing I hate most about my life is weakness. The one thing you're told not to be is not to be depressed not to feel weak, all those things about weakness we despise as Americans, that your loneliness says something, you're broken. Your hardships say that you're sinful or whatever it may be, but we, we, we despise weakness in our country. But Paul said that God said to him, you know what, my grace is I'm going to empower you in the middle of your weakness. I'm, you're not gonna feel powerful after you come out of your weakness. That's how we interpret it. I just wish God would take me to a place where I could be, where I can have purpose and meaning. 
I wish God would just take this away so that I could experience joy in my life. That's not what this verse says. He says, in weakness, I will experience strength. So you're not going to take me out of the weakness? Well, John 16, said that everybody's in weakness. It's just some of us haven't figured it out yet. But some of us get hit with it in our faces. So Paul said, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And so it's like, okay, God, so I'm supposed to even boast in this. I'm supposed to be God that, that in my weakness, that if I, if I will not hate my weakness so much, if I will not hate my depression so much, if I will not hate my life so much, but in this moment of weakness that I will embrace you and give thanksgiving, you will give me a sufficiency of strength that will even make my weakness look like a gift because the power will be surpassing everything about my own power, about my own life. I'm like, yeah, God, that's, that's what I wanna find, you know. I wanna find that more than a fixed back. 60-year-old men who mountain bike and don't have bad backs may never ever discover this. The outcome, and this is all leading towards kindness. The outcome, the gift of God's comfort. 2 Corinthians 12, 10 says, For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities, and people looking at me cross-eyed. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He's like, okay, I can find out something in weakness, and I can be strong in this weakness. And then the kindness begins to overflow. The power of refreshing from others and to others. Here's one of the things that I experienced that God told me, and I learned this in just the last month. I've quoted it for over 30 years. But every day, if God said that I was, when I'm weak, he is strong, I knew that every single day God would deliver me like a bucket of strength. That if I woke up at six o'clock in the morning and I, got, I felt weak, that someplace in my life there was a bucket of strength. And if I didn't let my anger and my self-pity get in the way, that that bucket of strength would be sufficient not only for me, but it would be sufficient for other people as well. And here's where you come into play, is that you have a bucket of strength that you can pour into another person's life. Some of the days I would go through and, and my journey still continues, but some of the days I'd be like, I'd wake up, I'd do my walk, and I'd kind of, just like you, I would be like, after my prayer time, I'd be like, all right, God, heal my back, heal my back, I'll make my back all better. It feels better, it feels better. God, I just feel you, it feels better, it feels better. And I take three steps, and it's not any better at all. And it's like, okay, well then, if that's not better, where is my bucket? Where's my bucket of strength? One day I was just totally laying in bed and I just left work early. I was at home and I just determined my life was not even worth living. But I knew that that was, that was not the right choice. So I, I just laid in bed and I started giving thanks to God and I said, God, help me find that bucket of strength. Lord God, I know you're here, but let me just experience your strength. I heard a little bump at the outside and that meant my wife had just arrived home from work. 
I decided I was going to go down to her and I was going to try to put on a happy face and I was not going to let this overshadow us. And it's like I'm going to go down and I'm going to meet her at the car. She was standing with her back to me at the car and I was walking up to her and I, in, my, in my gut I'm feeling I am half a man. I have ruined our lives with my back injury. We'll never this, all the self-pity stuff just going on in my head. And my wife turned around, and it was like heaven. She turned around, and she looked at me, and she said, there's my man. And she had her hands like this. And I just had tears pouring down my face. Now, I got rid of them real fast in front of her uh, just because, you know, there's still unbroken things still remaining in me, like pride. But I all of a sudden realized that Susan on that day was my bucket of strength. Three days later, I'm doing a counseling session. Yeah, like I have a lot to offer. At least that's the way that I would think. A woman's talking to me about her life. And I'll tell you what, she laid out a life that I was like, oh my word. I thought I had a bad story. This, this gal just laid out this story. And she went right through this whole story, terrible, I mean like, ready for TV story, and then told me how powerful God had been in her life and how much she loved God, and he's brought her to this incredible place. And my jaw dropped, and I'm like, so let me get this straight. You're happy about your life? And she says, God is so good. I said, so why are you here meeting with me? She said, I'm here to pray for you. And I was like, oh my God. And I, I, I might have said it to her, but I said, you're the bucket of strength. I was looking for it today. I knew God had left a bucket of strength for me somewhere. I couldn't find it myself, but I, the promise was, as my day is, so my strength will be. That means every day I'm going to get strength from God. That bucket, but you need to realize that you can be somebody else's bucket of strength. You say, well, no, it's supposed to be Jesus. Oh, I got that. I understand the Bible. Listen to what Paul said in Philemon 1, verse 7. He said, for I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. He said, I have received comfort from your love. That's every one of us. I don't care what you think you have to offer. I don't care how weak you think you are. You have a bucket of kindness that can, that can affect anybody's life. Yeah, but it didn't help them out financially. Yeah, but it didn't cure them of their disease. Yeah, but I prayed and it didn't do this. It's like Paul, he, he says in 2 Corinthians 7, for even when we came into Macedonia's, Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were afflicted at every turn, fighting without and fear within. See, that's real life right there, folks. Not this bozo Christian stuff on TV that if you're a victorious Christian, you shouldn't be dealing with depression. You shouldn't have pain in your life. You shouldn't have hardship in your life. Here's the apostle. He says, we were fighting without and we were fighting fear within. I mean, we, were, we weren't getting along with people and we weren't even getting along inside of us. Jesus said in John 16, 33, you're gonna have trouble. He said, don't get... Don't get too hyper-focused on that. You're not weirder than every, anybody else in this room just because you're having difficulty. But listen, but God who comforts the downcast, comfort us. How? By the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? I'm sure that was part of it. 
By a miraculous move of God, I'm sure that was part of it. But what did Paul say? But he comforted us by the coming of Titus. Titus shows up with two buckets. Two buckets for Paul. Boom. And he drops a bucket. Hey, God told me to bring some buckets of strength for you because you were fighting without and you were fighting within. And he told me to bring these to you. See, that's what we got to offer one another. You say, well, I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot of gifts. I'm not, I don't know the Bible real well. Can you carry a bucket? I mean, even a half full bucket. I mean, can you, can you bring comfort to another person? He said, not only by his coming, but also by his comfort, which he was comforted by you. Here we got people taking buckets and throwing water on each other. 2 Corinthians 9 you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints but is overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. So in weakness, we have something to give. See, it's in weakness where you get your bucket. We think it's in strength that you get your bucket. Once you got all your 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 problems worked out, your marriage worked out, your dating worked out, your job worked out, when you don't longer have any struggles with porn or cussing or when you're no longer dealing with your victimization in the past, then you have kind, you've got something to give. God's like, no, no, that's not really how it works. No, I pour out sufficiency from heaven into weakness. Those are the buckets I fill. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't like this deal. I mean, I just don't like it. But why is it this way? So that no man will boast that it is of God and only of God. Let me just tell you, in the last month and a half, I have had more depression, more pain, more change of life than I've ever had. In the last month, I have had more professional success than I have ever had in my entire life. I have been more successful in the last month of my life as a pastor, as a, as a man, as a father, as a husband, than I have ever been in my life. And I am dumbfounded by it. I am just blown away the contradiction. And the reason why God wanted me to tell you this is because he knows how you've labeled yourself. You've labeled yourself different, desperate, a depressant, desperate. Or maybe you've labeled yourself as nothing special, nothing to give, unimpactful, too messed up. Let me just tell you, God does not want you to be strong and reinvent yourself. God doesn't want you to despise your weakness. God doesn't want you to toughen up. God wants to, you to embrace him in your weakness. Discover the color blue. Discover green all over again. Discover the cross. Discover grace. Discover the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life when you call out to him in the midst of your weakness. He wants to flow into your life. He wants to flow 
from your life into somebody else's life. You're somebody else's bucket. He wants you to receive and to give the power of kindness. And tonight as we go into a moment of prayer, he wants to fill your bucket. In the midst of the challenge, he wants to create a new reaction, a new expectation, an experience of the outcome of strength, the power of the overflow of kindness through your life. And it only happens when we bring him our weakness. God wants you to no longer walk around feeling despised, feeling other than, feeling unusable. God wants all of us to give kindness to the weak, even if you are the weak. You may be more qualified. I, I have spoken to you, and I see some of you come around, around the church that there are, there are some of you that I have to apologize in a, in a way is that I always thought you were kind of weak because you dealt with depression and, you know, self-doubt and all that. And it's like, well, why don't you go to the gym? Why don't you lose some weight? Why don't you man up? Why don't you woman up? Why don't you read your word? Why don't you study your scriptures? And I have to apologize. If you're anybody that I have responded that way to, I am so sorry because I did not know how dark dark can be. But I have never known how hopeful hope can be in the dark. You have something to give that maybe others have yet to discover. Those who are boasting in their strength today have yet to discover the true reality of their weakness. Let me encourage you today. If you're in that place of giving up or if you're in that place of weakness, don't despise it any longer. Don't just put your life on pause until God fixes it for you because God in your weakness wants to give you strength. And maybe here, you're here today and you just, well, you know, my life is pretty cool and pretty peachy keen. But the reality of these scriptures, they're true for you too. And that you know that you need the presence and the power of God in your life. Let me invite you to let this be a time that you just welcome the Holy Spirit because you're somebody else's bucket. You're somebody else's hope. You're somebody else's joy that's waiting to be poured into their life. You're somebody's Titus. And somebody in here that you think is strong, because everybody thought Paul was strong, right? Probably until I read that verse, you probably thought Paul was wicked, awesome, you know, indestructible, strong. And God sent him a Titus with two buckets of encouragement. So let me encourage you as our pastors and our elders are coming up into this place here. This isn't a time of counseling. This is a time of just praying. You're in that place of just ask God to fill you. If you're in weakness, ask him to give you strength. If, you are, if you're in a place of strength, then, then come on up and ask God to show you where that you should take your bucket. You know, ask him to just like God Help me just give this to somebody. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. 
So guys, let me get you to move in here. Let's just bring this in and let me encourage everyone. You say, well, I don't need it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, it took me 60 years to realize, to have the veneer taken off my life, to realize how much vanity I was living with. You say, well, you're, you're really getting honest about it. I'm, let me just tell you, in weakness, there is the greatest hope of strength from God. So let me invite you. I don't know what your parameters are, where you are in your life, but let me encourage you to pray, to receive prayer for the power of the Holy Spirit to fill your bucket. It may not be for you, but it may be for that person at work that you have despised, that person you thought was weak, that person you were intimidated by, that person you couldn't fix their problem but you have a bucket of joy and kindness. Let me encourage you to come and receive prayer tonight.